The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Have I got a show for you today? You are going to hear me railing against Octomon, Rihanna, Chris Brown. I'm putting them all on my couch. And it is a no-holds-barred day because somebody needs to shake them up. They are making the dumbest mistakes of their lives. Octomom for not giving up her children for adoption. Rihanna for going back to Chris Brown. And Chris Brown for not really understanding the depth of what he did, how destructive what he did was to Rihanna and to his career. And all of them are in la-la land, and somebody has to uh, shake them up and wake them up to what's going on in their life, or else not only are they ruining their own lives, but they're ruining the lives of people around them. Uh, Nadia Sulman, Octomom, otherwise known as, is ruining the lives of her 14 children. Uh, Rihanna is ruining her li- I mean, you would think... Uh, someone who, uh, as a singer, as a celebrity, she dep- and as a beaut- and as someone who won a beauty pageant when she was younger, you would think that she would um, be particularly upset that her face was turned into mush, essentially, by her the man she loves, Chris Brown. You would think that would be enough, but no. We're going to talk about all of these people, why they're making the mistakes that they are, and why they shouldn't. Let's start with Octomom, Nadia Sulman. First of all, if you heard um, a previous show that I did uh, a couple of shows ago, I talked about and read the entire uh, complaint that I made to Child Protective Services. This was on February 12, 2009. And although there are people who are, uh, or at least one person, Gloria Allred is, came into the fray after she learned that I made this complaint, and suddenly she supposedly made a complaint. But you heard it here. I was the one who made the complaint first. And um, not to be left out of the media attention, Gloria got in the act. In any case, I don't care who does what, as long as Child Protective Services takes those children away from Nadia Sulman and gives them, to, and well, ideally Nadia would wake up and realize that she should give these children up for adoption and voluntarily do that. Um, Child Protective Services can pretty much only take the children and put them into foster homes. And it is a big, um, a big commitment, a big, uh, not everyone is able to care for a premature baby. When they're released from the hospital, they are still going to be extremely fragile and not uh, it takes a lot of attention. Someone really has to be able to give that baby round-the-clock attention in order to make sure that nothing bad happens to them, you know, that they don't have any of the myriad of setbacks 
that they can have um, once they come home. They're not out of the woods once they're released from ICU, neonatal ICU. That's just the beginning. The whole first year is really um, a minefield of incredible, dangerous pitfalls that can befall them because a lot of times they don't, you can't really know at the beginning, while they're still in ICU, a lot of the problems don't show up right away. I mean, some of them do. Obviously, a lot of premature infants die, um, but or they have tremendous problems that do show up right away. But there are still problems, psychological problems, physical problems, that don't show up until after the baby has come home. And you have to have... Um, your eyes on them all the time to determine that and be sensitive to that and give them the kind of attentive care that they need. So, okay, so February 12th is when I filed my complaint. There were 24 reasons why um, I felt that Nadia was had already put her six existing children in danger, uh, were abu- was abusing them by neglect, and emotionally, and in fact, just in recent interviews, she has admitted that some of her older children have been crying and upset about bringing them home. Well, duh, they said that in an early interview on television um, weeks ago when they were asked about how they feel about the children coming home and they talked about the crying babies and one of them talked about how it would be too much stress for their mother. I mean, you know, what did she think? They were going to change their opinion in the weeks <laughs> that, that have passed since then? I mean, as the, the date comes um, closer for her to be bringing those eight babies home, I can promise you that her six children are becoming more anxious, more depressed, more upset about the attention going to the eight children and even the eight babies, and even just look at what, what's been happening so far. Nadia, of course, is in her own little world, um, being uh, incredibly thrilled with all of the media attention that she's been getting, you know, the attention that she didn't get when she was growing up that she blames her mother for. Um, so she's been thrilled. But, you know, what, in the meantime, these children at home are realizing that their mother has been getting money, has been getting attention, has been, you know, just captivated by this newfound fame or infamy as being the mother of a couplets. So that already, even before the babies come home, these children are already devastated, and they will never be able to feel that they gave their mother as much because they never gave her the money that she's getting for her media appearances. They never gave her all this attention. Um, They never put her on the map like these octuplets have. And, um, you know, the octuplets are the new toys in the household. So there's no way that these babes, that the children, the six grown, well, grown, (laughs) young children um, that she already had can compete with these octuplets. Let me just uh, go through quickly. I'm not going to read it again, of course, but just let me mention some of the highlights of these reasons why I wanted and still want uh, the Department of Child and Family Services and Child Protective Services to come in and and um, take these babies away. Again, if ideally, in a, in a perfect world, Nadia would realize, and I have been trying to make her do that, and I'll let you in on that, um, 
But in a perfect world, she would get some insight and realize that, that the best thing for the babies, the eight babies and her six children, to um, the best thing for them would be to give these octuplets up for adoption. But her uh, insight into that does not seem like it is coming, at least not as long as there are cameras sitting outside of her house. So some of the reasons why I wanted uh, Child Protective Services to take the octuplets away and still want is that um, Nadia is not stable enough psychologically to be a mother of six children, no less 14. Now, I wrote this, as I said, in February 12th. But since then, um, in case there was any question about her mental stability, uh, certainly the 911 tape that has more recently been released telling, showing her screaming, shrieking into the phone about uh, her lost five-year-old, J.J., uh, should not leave any questions in anyone's mind about the stability of this woman. Now, yes, of course. If you're listening and you're a parent or you even if you have a sibling or if you've been in a similar situation or know someone who has, yes, the idea of having lost your child is, of course, devastating. However, I think most people would be able to hold it together. Maybe they'd be crying and even screaming to some degree, but they, they wouldn't totally have what I'm calling a brief psychotic episode, which is characteristic of people with borderline personality disorders, and that is what Nadia's 911 call essentially was. Um, she was so distraught that she could not even give the 911 operator the information that the operator needed in order to come to the house or to send the police to the house and, and look for the child. So when it starts getting in the way of something that is best for your child, then, you know, that can't be excused as just a mother upset about her child who she can't find. Um, the, the tape uh, has her crying hysterically and saying things like, I'm going to die and I'm losing my mind. Now, this is because um, the, the, these words are important because she's experiencing the sudden abandonment of her son as um, something even more powerful, more devastating than someone who does not have borderline traits would um, because someone borderline personality disorders have... Um, people with borderline personalities, have uh, the feeling they, they are extremely upset about abandonment. They have extreme, extreme abandonment issues. So Nadia wasn't just upset for the boy that he was gone and maybe something bad happened to him, but instead she's talking about herself. I'm going to die, and I'm losing my mind. And she's talking about losing a part of herself because that's what it feels like. Um also, she, she keeps shrieking into the sun, uh, where's my son, where's my son, as if the 911 operator could just give her the answer. You know, he's down the block and two, two blocks to the left. Um, then she also keeps repeating in the call, I'm going to kill myself, over and over and over again. And it takes the 911 operator to tell her, um, maybe because she heard children in the background, Nadia's other children, the 911 operator thought it was just one child because she couldn't even make sense of what Nadia was saying. But um, the 911 operator had to tell her, you know, I don't think you should say that in front of your other children, that you're going to kill yourself. Like, duh. Um, but she keeps doing it anyway. 
And that, of course, again, um, not, this is also characteristic of someone with extreme narcissism, only focused on herself, what the loss would mean to her, not even hearing, literally, the emotional distress of her children, who you can hear in the, in the 911 call, you can hear in the background, um, and she, she, but she doesn't hear them. She's just totally focused on what she's losing. Um, then she asked these children on top of it, she asked these children to help her find JJ. <laughs> I mean, her children are from two to seven. JJ is five. Um, she's asking these children, <laughs> these young children to go look for JJ. I mean, all of this is just, these are just red flags all over the place of, of someone who should not be allowed to have 14 children. It's even questionable about the six that she has. We'll be back with more uh, when we take this break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And yes, I'm very angry that Octomom, Nadia Sulman, Rihanna, and Chris Brown are making the biggest mistakes of their lives. And they need to wake up, take responsibility, if not for themselves, then for the people who love them. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Keeping families together whole and healthy is sometimes a serious challenge to parents. And when there's a crisis, where do you turn for help? Right here, The Parents Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman, an open and frank forum covering both legal and social issues surrounding our kids. Tune in for The Parents Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Radio Network. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets 
of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with a no-holds-barred show trying to shake up Nadia Sulman, Rihanna, and Chris Brown because they are making the dumbest mistakes of their lives, although... Although maybe I should, their lives so far, I guess they have potential to make even more mistakes. I'm talking about Nadia Sulman right now and her 911 call. Let me just uh, finish that up. Um, you know, in this call, uh, she tells the operator that the last time she saw her five-year-old son, J.J., was about an hour ago when she left him out front with his seven-year-old brother. And that was the last time she saw him. She didn't even check up on him. She didn't even glance out the window in an hour. Now, unfortunately, this is not the 50s, you know, where you could kids could play outside in their backyard. I mean, of course, it depends, you know, where you're listening to this show from. Maybe, I hope where you are, it's still okay to leave a 5-year-old and a 7-year-old in your backyard and, um, and not look in on them for an hour. But unfortunately, uh, in a lot of places, and I would include where Nadia lives, um, there that's kind of dangerous because people drive by and pick children up out of the front yard. So, okay, you let them play, but you at least um, keep them within eyesight, or at least you check up on them every 10 minutes. I mean, you know, you do something um, if you're going to let that happen at all, which is kind of questionable these days. But in any case, this just shows that she does not have the maternal instincts necessary to take care of six children from two to seven years old, no less eight preemies. Um, okay, let's, so let's, what's the current status of Nadia? The current status is that, uh, she, well, <laughs> she has currently accepted the, um, the care from this group, Angels in Waiting. They are a group that provides, um, 24-hour care, particularly for preemies, and um, they offered her this care. They're, it's, it's, uh, you know, there, there are quotes that say it's something like $135,000 a month uh, is what it would take to give that kind of care to her octuplets. Well, who's going to be paying for that? I mean, that's sort of a mystery. But they are apparently counting on um, donations from individuals and corporations. Now, you know, certainly people like Dr. Phil, who has um, been <laughs> been getting as much publicity out of this as he can, um, would owe her something for uh, her driving his ratings up. Um, and... Hopefully, well, certainly he, he said that he was going to be putting something on his website uh, for donations. And, you know, I presume there are some loyal viewers who, because he did that, because he did that as opposed to just Nadia's website, would contribute. Um, you know, also, of course, even though uh, the media 
isn't talking. Many media outlets have been paying her for her interviews. Um, and so she has this bundle of money, and, you know, maybe some of it is being funneled into Angels in Waiting um, as a way of sort of <laughs> hiding the money or something, um, which is also probably what's happening to the house situation, uh, her father, her father, quote-unquote, buying their new house. Uh, but anyway, with Angels in Waiting. But the thing is, how much, how much if it's $135,000 a month, um, how long are the donations going to hold out to keep angels in waiting, taking care of her children? Apparently there's enough uh, for six months. But what's going to happen after that? What if there aren't enough donations? Um, certainly these angels in waiting are not going to be waiting for 18 years until these octuplets grow up and can go out on their own. So this whole, and why did she decide to go with angels in waiting? Well, besides Dr. Phil browbeating her to do that. Um, well, Friday, interestingly enough, right before she agreed, her second publicist, Victor Munoz, quit, calling her nuts, calling her greedy, and, and hinting at what he had to do. You wouldn't believe the things I had to do for that family. So she felt abandoned again. And um, and even though she was trying to hold out and not go with Angels in Waiting because they wouldn't allow a um, a uh, reality show to come in and tape while they were uh, taking care of the babies, <laughs> I'm glad somebody has the sense there. Um, so she didn't want to go with them because what? No reality show. So Angels in Waiting were still waiting, and she jumped on the chance because now you know it didn't, wasn't looking good for the reality show. But the problem is what's going to happen in six months or 12 months or 18 months when they have, when they have cared for these children, she's still not going to be able to take care of 14 children. As I was saying earlier, she's not really able to take care of the six she has, so who are from two to seven, no less, just born. So then we have these babies who are going to be older, and, um, you know, and, and Nadia is going to be attached, more attached to them, and her mother is and her father is. And um, and they will be more attached to that family. Well, of course, and the ladies and the angels in waiting. Um, but uh, then it's going to be harder for these babies to go to to go to a, to be adopted because all those months that they got attached to these various people in that household, um, going in and out. Of course, you know they're not going to be able to form as close attachment as if it was just one baby with a mother and a father. But in any case, um, that those precious months, those six months when that bonding needs to develop between a baby and his or her parents will not be able to happen with adoptive parents because they won't have adopted them yet because Nadia wanted to get as much attention and have this last, this party last as long as it could go on. And that is really criminal in my opinion. Um, father buying the house, yes. Um, all of a sudden, <laughs> Mr. Suleiman, who is a translator, an interpreter, who was going back and forth to Iraq on some business that he didn't want to tell us about, um, all of a sudden now he has enough money to put a substantial amount down on a 600, I, no, five, I think $565,000 was the number that I saw floating around. Um, he has enough to put down a substantial deposit on, a, on that house. Where did that money come from? 
You know, certainly he didn't reach into his back pocket and get it. I mean, why, if if he had all that money floating around, why didn't he give it to his ex-wife um, and Nadia so that their house wouldn't be going into foreclosure? I mean, this this is a um, better money laundering than the mafia. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Kaiser, you know, I where is their money? How is it that they have the money to buy a house and not to give to Kaiser um, for the care of these children, which, you know, it's been in the millions of dollars at this point? What we, you know, it's it's like um, all of a sudden they have money to pay for the things that they want, like a house, since the hospital wouldn't release the babies unless they had a, a suitable place to put them in. Um, so they're they're suddenly finding themselves with this money. I mean, it's it's kind of like what Nadia did, taking her um, college loans and spending it on manicures and and um, well, that was probably the media money by then, but but spending it on her children and whatever her needs. Not just, I mean, you know, how many cups of uh, Starbucks does this lady need a day? Every time you see her, she's walking around with a cup of Starbucks, or I'm one of it might one of them might have been. In, uh, coffee bean. I don't know, but she's always having a cup of coffee in her hand. I mean, maybe she's getting paid by these companies for product placement at this point. Who knows? But it's like ridiculous. And um, certainly, you know, the, if that money doesn't go to Kaiser, um, all that means is that the people who need care um, in Kaiser, who, you know, it, it gets it gets spread around whatever money is in there from people who to contribute to the HMO. It just means that some other family is not going to get the kind of care that they need in regard to, to their uh, medical needs. So, I mean, it, it, this isn't money from the sky, you know. It's, um, it's not like Obama's, you know, printing money. Um, this is, this is if, if some, one person gets it or, or it goes in one place, it, another person doesn't. I mean, I would really like to see the DA get involved and start investigating where this these, this money is coming from, where it came from originally, and how it's been moved around so that somehow she's not managing to have to pay um, have to pay the hospital back or pay or, or pay the social services back. You know, that gives her food stamps. I wonder if she's still going to get food stamps while she's living in this five hundred and sixty-five thousand dollar home. I mean, you know, it's, it's, if somebody wrote a screenplay like this, it would never get made because it would be quickly passed off as no one would believe this. But, yes, truth is stranger than fiction, and, you know, we could kind of laugh about it in a way and, and chat about it at the water cooler, but, in fact, these, these 14 children are in the process or about to be, if Nadia does, in fact, bring them home, about to be damaged for life, all of them, not just the babies. So I, um, I would like to urge you all to contact the um, Child Protective Services, Los L.A. County Child Protective Services. You can look it up after you finish listening to this show, of course, and uh, call them um, and tell them that you are concerned, and I will be continuing to, uh, to do that, uh, to to continue to try to uh, get Child Protective Services to pay a closer eye just because they have, oh, yes, and that home. <laughs> if you look at pictures of that home, it's sure there's, there are pictures of the home with the furniture in it. 
Um, I'm not sure if it's being sold furnished or not, but the furniture is like not the kind of furniture that you put 14 children in. It's white couches and chairs, white drapes. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> those children are going to make that house look the same way as their house in Whittier looked in, in what, a week, um, unless, unless angels in waiting also provide a cleaning service. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's really, really terrible what's going on here. And, um, I, I still think that Child Protective Services does need to step in. When we come back, I'll tell you a little bit more about Nadia and then we'll move on. Rihanna and Chris Brown talking about dumb mistakes that people do to ruin their lives. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. 
Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, railing today against uh, Nadia Sulman, Rihanna, and Chris Brown. Um, just a final word about, well, final for this show, about Nadia Zulman, um, is that I, um, as I've been speaking out, trying to get Child Protective Services to come in and take her octoplets, um, I've been getting various emails from people who have uh, seen my media interviews or read my media interviews or heard my media interviews uh, or heard this show, um, and Ninety percent of them were positive and saying, "You know, please keep going, please don't stop." Um, and but some of the ones that were not so positive were saying, "Why don't you do something to help her instead of trying to take her children away?" So um, indeed, I did do something to try. To, well, actually, I, I considered taking her children away, trying to get uh, CPS to take her children away as helping her because, in fact. Um, she isn't able to handle those children. She doesn't realize it yet, and um, or she's beginning to realize it, but but not really. Um, and I, I'm trying, to, and that it's helping her her six older children. In any case, um, I be, went beyond that, and on Friday I um, sent her an offer of um, of, of confidential um, and complimentary. Uh, crisis intervention. I have yet to hear from Nadia. Now that she has angels in waiting, and she somehow she, you know, which has turned out to be a way that she can keep the cameras on her um, and still not have to take responsibility for the octuplets. I don't think she's, you know, she realizes that she needs crisis intervention. Why intervene <laughs> when there are still cameras outside the door, and they probably will be outside the door. Probably they will be outside the door of her new home. Uh, I'm sure the neighbors on her street are going to love that, uh, as they did in her old block. Um, but anyway, I just just for the record, I did offer her help, and her and I I also offered help to her mother, um, just hoping that her mother at one time I think her mother was more sensible and easier to reach, but now um, apparently from some interviews where she's said that no adoption is out of the question. I guess she has become seduced by the media attention as well, and so it's not looking good for either one of them that they want a reality check. So that's that, and let me go on to Rihanna and Chris Brown. Um, okay, Rihanna and Chris Brown, I'm going to um, read you from the police records about what happened. I'm sure most of you um, know in general what happened. Rihanna was uh, abused ferociously, ferociously battered um, by Chris Brown. Um, and here's what the police um, records have to say about it. Christopher Brown and Robin F., her, her real name is Robin Rihanna Fenty, have been involved in a dating relationship for approximately one and a half years. On Sunday, February 8th at 0025 hours, um, that which is, which is um, after midnight, Brown was driving a vehicle with Robin F. as the front passenger on an unknown street in Los Angeles. Robin F. picked up Brown's cellular telephone and observed a three-page text message from a woman who Brown had a previous sexual relationship with. A verbal argument ensued, 
and Brown pulled the vehicle over on an unknown street, reached over Robin F. with his right hand, opened the car door, and attempted to force her out. Brown was unable to force Robin F. out of the vehicle because she was wearing a seatbelt. When he could not force her to exit, he took his right hand and shoved her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing an approximate one-inch raised circular contusion. Robin F. turned to face Brown, and he punched her in the left eye with his right hand. He then drove away in the vehicle and continued to punch her in the face with his right hand while steering the vehicle with his left hand. He's very talented. The assault... I said that, not the police report. (laughs) The assault caused Robin F.'s mouth to fill with blood and blood to splatter all over her clothing and the interior of the vehicle. Brown looked at Robin F. and stated, I'm going to beat the shit out of you when we get home. You wait and see. Robin F. picked up her cellular telephone and called her personal assistant, Jennifer Rosales. Rosales did not answer the telephone, but while her voicemail greeting was playing, Robin F. pretended to talk to her and stated, I'm on my way home. Make sure the cops are there when I get there. This statement was made while the greeting was playing and was not captured as a message. After Robin F. faked the call, Brown looked at her and stated, You just did the stupidest thing ever. Now I'm really going to kill you. Brown resumed punching Robin F., and she interlocked her fingers behind her head and brought her elbows forward to protect her face. She then bent over at the waist, placing her elbows elbows and face near her lap in an, an attempt to protect her face and head from the barrage of punches being levied upon her by Brown. Brown continued to punch Robin F. on her left arm and hand, causing her to suffer a contusion on her left triceps that was approximately two inches in diameter and numerous contusions on her left hand. Robin F. then attempted to send a text message to her other personal assistant, Melissa Ford. Brown snatched the cellular telephone out of her hand and threw it out of the window onto an unknown street. Brown continued driving and Robin F. observed his cellular telephone sitting in his lap. She picked up the cellular telephone with her left hand, and before she could make a call, he placed her in a headlock with his right hand and continued to drive the vehicle with his left hand. Very safe. Brown pulled Robin F. close to him and bit her on her left ear. She was able to feel the vehicle swerving from right to left as Brown sped away. He stopped the vehicle, and Robin F. turned off the car removed the key from the ignition, and sat on it. Brown did not know what she did with the key and began punching her in the face and arms. He then placed her in a headlock positioning, in a headlock, positioning the front of her throat between his bicep and forearm. Brown began applying pressure to Robin F.'s left and right carotid arteries. The carotid arteries are the main arteries in your neck that bring blood from your heart to your brain causing her to be unable to breathe, and she began to lose consciousness. He could have killed her. If he had exerted that pressure for another smidgen of time, he could have killed her. And he was so out of control at that time. I mean, it's just by the grace of God that he didn't kill her. She reached up with her left hand and began attempting to gouge his eyes in an an attempt to free herself. At this point, she presumably realized her life was at stake. Brown bit her left ring and middle fingers and then released her. While Brown continued to punch her, she turned around and placed her back against the passenger door. She brought her knees to her chest, placed her feet against Brown's body, and began pushing him away. Brown continued to punch her in the legs 
and feet causing several contusions. Robin F. began screaming for help, and Brown exited the vehicle and walked away. A resident in the neighborhood heard Robin F.'s plea for help and called 911, causing a police response. An investigation was conducted, and Robin, Robin F. was issued a domestic violence emergency protective order. Now, and there's more, but um, that's enough. I mean, do you just... Just uh, how long this whole thing went on, I mean, this was not, not that any kind of violence between a man and a woman is okay, not even a slap or a push or anything, none of it is okay. But when you, this whole lengthy description that I read, I mean, this was going on and on and on, and he could have had, um, if he were, were not so out of control, there was a chance for him to have stopped. I mean, but he didn't. He was just totally into it, totally out of control, and she came one inch, or, or not even, from being killed. And where is, where is Robin F. now? Robin F., Rihanna, is back with the love of her life, Chris Brown. And that is indeed the dumbest mistake that this woman can make. Because, um, and as the author of Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, um, I have long researched this, and when a man does this to you once, does one hundredth of what he did, um, he will do it again. And in fact, it turns out that there were two previous episodes before this, um, that, but they weren't as severe. But they were the warning signs. And ladies, if you're listening, <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> as you're listening, uh, listen closely, listen more closely. Um, that's why when there is just something that seems minor that you want to excuse, like a slap or a push or a shove or, or you know, pushing something into you or, or throwing you down on the bed or any myriad of, of possibilities here, um, and you think, oh, well, he didn't mean it, he was just upset, then it escalates. It absolutely escalates. Any man who, has, who is able to lose his self-control in order to hit the woman he supposedly loves um, is just not going to be able to stop. And each time he, he pushes the envelope further and further. And until you become a victim of an O.J. Simpson or a Scott Peterson or um, countless other men who don't make the headlines. And so this is, you know, and what's really terrible about this, besides, you know, how terrible it is for Rihanna herself, what's also terrible is because she is a role model for so many other women who look up to her. She's a star. She has a lot of talent. She's beautiful. And she is going back to this abuser, to this man who is an abuser. And so what does this tell people looking up to her? Um, it tells them that, well, you know, you, the women look at themselves and they think, well, I'm not as beautiful as Rihanna. I'm not as talented. I'm not a star. If she has to go back to Chris Brown, well, then, wow, you know, I better just put up with the man that I'm with, even if he is being abusive. More when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. You are talking today, putting Rihanna and uh, Chris Brown and Nadia Suleiman on the couch and telling them, get real. Stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Son, we got to talk about drinking. I know. I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, putting Nadia Sulman, Rihanna, and Chris Brown on the couch when we left Boy, Chris Brown should have listened to that uh, last commercial, uh, the last PSA. You know, his father obviously didn't tell him uh, how to act in the real world. He was someone who thought he knew it all. Um, actually, yes, let's talk about that. Um, what was he thinking? You know, everyone talked about how Chris Brown was... Uh, so clean cut, and they were so shocked that he could do something like this. And, you know, obviously, 
with bad boys, and yes, he does fit into the Prince of Darkness category that I, how I defined it in my bad boys book. Um, he, uh, bad boys are, are, come from a certain kind of family dysfunction, uh, especially the, the, um, abusive type. Um, I mean, it comes from a major dysfunction. And similarly, women who, um, go for bad boys it's a problem between uh, in the relationship between the, the little girl and her father. Now, I don't know enough at this point um, about Rihanna's relationship with her father, but obviously there was something wrong there, or maybe someone who was uh, a friend of the family. There was some kind of problem that happened in her childhood to cause this woman who would who seems to have everything going for her, to obviously have such low self-esteem that she would even think twice about going back with a man who literally almost killed her. Um, now, his, you know, th- this whole issue of, of text messages, and, you know, this is actually something that's become more common. Uh, there are people who... <laughs> who uh couples who break up or get into fights, not necessarily physical ones, but arguments and break up um, because of text messages that they that they see their boyfriend or girlfriend getting or that they look in the phone afterwards and see that they've gotten and so on. And uh with um Chris Brown, it was supposed to be uh first they thought that maybe it was Paris Hilton. Now they're thinking that this text that Rihanna got upset about came from his manager, Tina Davis. It doesn't really matter what it was that, that, you know, and the interesting thing is why did Chris Brown and why do men get so angry when women go into their, see their text messages from another woman, you know, which obviously shows that they were doing something wrong, that the guy was doing something wrong, was cheating on them essentially, or planning to cheat on them, and yet the, the guy gets angry. And why is that? It's because bad boys who are princes of darkness are... Um, have kind of like Nadia Sulman have abandonment issues, and so what they get enraged about is they're afraid that the woman, having read the text, um, will then abandon them, and that's why he got so angry because he thought if if um, Rihanna saw whatever it was in this text message that she was going to dump him because you know it either showed that he had been a bad boy, you know, had cheated or was planning to. So. Um, you know, it, it, none of that. I mean, in, I mean, it's interesting from a psychological viewpoint, but actually, it doesn't matter in terms of what a person, a woman, needs to do about it. Um, you know, there is with with the economy being bad and so on. There is more. Um, there is more tension between men and women. This, men are upset about women taking their jobs or getting more powerful. Not that that's the case, you know, not that that is an excuse for Chris Brown, who has his own career, and she, uh, although perhaps they feel somewhat competitive uh, in terms of winning Grammys and so on, um, he doesn't really depend upon, uh, he's not trying to beat her out for his, I mean, he's not going to starve if uh, if Rihanna does well, too. Um, I want to make sure that I have time to get in the nine warning signs that you are in grave danger. This comes from my Prince of Darkness chapter in Bad Boys, and it's one, your lover has a history of battering women or has abused even one previous partner, and Chris Brown did essentially batter her before, although, again, not, not nearly as seriously. 
two, he has shown an inclination, any inclination at all to stalk you, such as often showing up unexpectedly to check on you, driving by your home to see if you're in, spying on you through your window, or pursuing you in other ways with unwanted intensity. Uh, I don't know if Chris Brown's doing that because apparently he didn't even apologize for days. Three, his dominance of you has escalated to the point where you feel cut off from the world and at his constant beck and call. That, you know, apparently um, I would imagine that Rihanna feels that. Four, he's threatened you with bodily harm, either verbally or by menacing you with a gun or other weapon. Now, this is for, this is when, um, this is for women where they shouldn't, it's don't let it become a fatal attraction. You know, I mean, these are, these are warning signs. This is what you're supposed to read before. <laughs> this is what Rihanna should have read before she got in the car. Um, he threatens, okay, five, sex with him is getting increasingly rough. Well, we don't know about that yet. Six, he abuses drugs or alcohol, which decrease his control of his emotions, including rage. Now, they came from a party. I don't have personal information as to whether he was drinking or not. Um, but certainly, you know, that could have fueled it. Seven, his explosions of rage are getting more powerful and more frequent. And that seems to be the case with Chris Brown. Eight, you're constantly anxious around him or feel so drained by the relationship that you're losing your grasp on life. I think that may have happened to Rihanna already. And nine, you're pregnant and remind him of how furious he is at his mother and any baby who replaces him at the breast. Well, we don't know about that. But women, if you, ladies, <laughs> um, if you, these are signs, you know, don't wait uh, to get to the point of Rihanna almost dead uh, before you pay attention to these signs. Get out now. And um, if you're living with the man, you need to be very careful about how you get out. You need to do it at a, at a time when he, he's not home and when he doesn't suspect it, and you need to have a place to go already planned out where he can't find you because otherwise, um, you know, you're you're still going to be in danger. But that in no way should stop you from getting out because the sooner you get out, the less danger you will be in, whether you're in the relationship or out of the relationship. So get out now. And Rihanna, if you're listening, get out now. Don't uh, you owe it to yourself, to your parents, to your fans, um, to all the little teenage girls who are going to be looking at you and thinking, uh, oh, I want to do what Rihanna does. Um, yeah, get their face punched in. You really have got to end this relationship now. He doesn't love you. Wake up. If he loved you, there is no way he could do that to you. You're fooling yourself. So wake up and get out. Well, um, you know, just well, one other point. The reason why this isn't going to work with him, Rihanna, is because he's 19. He's beginning to feel his oats. He's just getting more and more famous. He wants to go out with all kinds of women. He has all kinds of women who are attracted to him. He doesn't want to just settle down with one, even although you are wonderful and would be better than he deserves for sure. But he wants to, to play the field, and that's obviously, you know, you don't want a cheating guy, absolutely. Um, you don't deserve, no woman deserves a man to cheat on her. And so this isn't going to work. So all you're doing is putting yourself in grave danger, and the relationship is still not going to work, and you're going to wind up next time possibly dead. On that note, <laughs> we'll... Uh, We'll end today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I hope someone can pass this information on. I hope these Rihanna and Chris Brown and Nadia Sulman, I hope you're listening. 
And if not, I hope someone brings this to your attention, please, because you really are making the dumbest mistakes that you have yet to make in your life. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.